0: Welcome to the Plus 6 Podcast, my name is Pete and I go by the name of AFL Ratings Pete on Twitter. Joining me on episode 49 as co-host is a man you know on Twitter's Jeff DT, welcome to the show Chip. Hi Pete, how's things? All good, holding trades was the key element in round 16, what are your thoughts for the remaining two rounds of the 2020 home and away season? Yeah, it's probably more important now, um, a lot of us are throwing away our
1: D8s and F8s and F7s and the like, so... Look, one option or the other. Either you have an emergency, you hold that trade late, um, because
0: we're going to get some rests in the last couple of rounds, aren't we? Absolutely. What will be your focus heading into the final two rounds? Oh,
1: for me, it's just trying to target players that are going to score well in these last two rounds. So, you know, I like Frio's run now with GWS and their situation and what they need to play for. I um, I, I like. The GWS side as well, and, and p- picking apart some of their players, um, and then anyone you know looking at opponents, you know Essendon are given up a lot of of points, fantasy points in the opposition, so targeting that kind of thing as well.
0: Yeah, I said last week it was Port Adelaide, and I'll say again later in the podcast that it's Port Adelaide. Okay, a podcast alert: we will be adding it as second podcast this week. Ryan Daniels will join me as a special guest. On Wednesday morning, on the Plus 6 pod, look out for that to drop somewhere in the afternoon on Wednesday, September the 9th. Make sure you are following at AFR Ratings on Twitter to maintain a strong fantasy game. While your opponents are still trying to work through news and information, you're in here crushing it. If you would like a chance of scoring a Plus 6 podcast cap, just retweet any podcast linked at out via Twitter. Nearly the end of the season, we're going to drop out a few more. Okay, this week on episode 49, Jepper and I will be looking at key players ahead of round 17, which begins on Thursday night. Keep in mind we are recording this podcast on Tuesday late, September 8. Make necessary adjustments as news comes to hand. Remember, Jepper and I are focused on overall ranking in AFL fantasy. At times, we will have differing opinions. Okay, Jepper, onto the Crows. They finish off with Carlton Richmond in the final two games. Riley O'Brien, Brody Smith, Rory Laird. Any others or those I've just mentioned? Who do you like?
1: Oh, Laird out
0: out of the most, He's just racking them up. He had a great
1: game tonight. And um, look, he's probably one we all penciled in for next year
0: too. Yeah, Riley O'Brien for me. uh, Probably time to get off that Goldstein train and get on to Riley O'Brien to finish off the season. Okay, on to Brisbane. Lockie Neil, Dane Zorko and Jared Lyons. Jep, who do you like? Well, I think, look,
1: and Neil's done this in the past. I remember last year he came pretty, back pretty quiet after the break, but then a pretty quiet game from Lucky Neil's 95. So um, I think Zorko, I think his energy and Jared Lyons is, is probably the most consistent
0: um, and underrated of the three. Lyons have got the Swans and the Blues to finish off the season. I think they'll, both games will be... Pretty much contested, so I think Lions is the, the one there for me for an outside pick there. Okay, on to the Blues. They finish off with the Crows next week, and then the Lions. Patrick Cripps, Sam Walsh, and Sam Doherty. Doherty, it was a bit flat tonight on Tuesday night, and but Sam Walsh is in some type of form, Duke.
1: Yeah, he's going okay. I think um, there are better options other than the three we've mentioned here, but... Um, Look, we know Cripps does
0: have a high ceiling from his history, so maybe going and outside picking Cripps. On to the Boys. They finish off with Gold Coast and Port Adelaide to finish the season. Taylor Adams has been strong in that midfield. Jack Crisp has fans on form across halfback, and Brody Grundy has struggled for ceiling scores, Jeb, but we're still holding, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think so. Oh, I think maybe if we're in the, if we're vying for top 100, say, then you could pull a bit of a lefty. But um, look, Crisp is really working into some form and playing with confidence. Um, Adams, we know what we're going to get. They're all consistently yeah. and Grundy. You know, I, I would think he, with what Collingwood still have to play for. Also, um, they're no shoe in for the top eight. There's um, there should be a pretty good game
0: from all three this weekend. OK, on to Essendon. They finish off with Port Adelaide and Melbourne for the remaining two games of the season. The Bombers were flat last week. Dylan shield, uh was a bit underwhelming. Zach Merritt was a little bit underwhelming. And Sam, Sam Draper was actually not bad in the ruck. Jep, any of those sparking interest for the final two games? The Bombers look at flat out on their feet. Yeah, you go Shield out of
1: the, those three. Um, I think Merritt's the price is... is... A bit too much because, um, again, we don't know what we're going to get from Essen. it was a pretty poor display from the whole team um, last weekend. So um, he's hoping they respond. But you go shield
0: as the um, point of difference and the guy with the high ceiling. OK, we're looking at Fremantle men off to finish the season. They will play North Melbourne and the Western Bulldogs. Building quite nicely the Dockers. Caleb Sarong has actually come back into contention now as a cheap downgrade midfielder that can score a premium. At the moment, that five has been tagged at the moment, and Michael Walters is still sitting forward under Justin Longmuir. So for me, it's fade on Michael Walters. That five is a fade, but if you're looking for a cheap downgrade, it's just under around about the 500k mark. Maybe Sorong, but you know we've got to rely on a rookie to score quite strong to finish off the season. Can you trust him, Jeff?
1: Uh, Probably not so wrong. I think we should mention Chera as well. Great game yesterday um, and one to watch out for next season. But, look, confidence is a beautiful thing, and I love Freo's last two games, and I think Chera um, is a really good outside pick for those um,
0: jumping ahead. Looking at Geelong, they'll finish off with a huge game against Richmond this week, and the Swans in their final game. Mitch Duncan, Patrick Dangerfield, I like. Tom Stewart, I like in defence with the ball marking plus sixes everywhere. And I'm just going to throw another one in here, Jeb. Joel Selwood is really cheap. He's coming off a injury, so um the cats have been holding him out. Is at 501k. He is cheap, but you know coming off an injury, I don't think I can trust him. But you know he can put up a ceiling game at 501k. It's not that bad of risk, but I wouldn't do it. Your thoughts? Yeah, I'm just more worried about how they go into the last game
1: so if west coast lose against st kilda this round um then the the top four is pretty sewn in um and i suspect geelong as they've done in the past could rest some of their stars so just be wary of that when you're looking at geelong players i think but if i were to take a dig um i think tom stewart um the way they're playing of late and holding the ball especially early in games it seems to be a strategy from
0: the Cats, um the yeah, the plus six going strong. Yeah, they were on tempo footy for sure this season. Okay, on to Gold Coast, a couple of players we're gonna look at. We have done so in previous podcasts. Hugh Greenwood, do we hold, do we trade? Jared Wits, definitely an option if you're looking at anywhere else than Goldstein, um, but it's still a risk with Wits busy doesn't count those disposals that often. They finish off with the Mate and the Hawks have finished the season. Against the Hawks, it might not be that bad. Your thoughts, Jeff?
1: Yeah, I think you hold your Gold Coast Suns players. I think, you know, Dewey will want them to finish the season strong and, and nothing really changes um, going in for confidence for next season. So Greenwood, looking and knowing a bit about him, he's so competitive and he'll want to finish the year strong. Which has struggled all year. Um, and I don't think there'll be a lot that owed him still to this point. Um, but those that do would need to look to flick him on, I think.
0: Looking at the Giants, they finish off with Melbourne and St Kilda in their remaining two games. Tim Taranto, he has a ceiling. Stephen Canelio, he has a ceiling, but struggled to get there recently. And Lockie Whitfield definitely has a ceiling. Jeff, who do you think? Oh, look, I think Whitfield's the one. Um,
1: he, you know, captain for yep. a handful, um, was the pick of the bunch so far. And, um, yeah, Taranto, Canelio's just struggled to... Really put four quarters together. Um, whether the captaincy has deterred him um, a little bit and, and moved his focus, who knows? But um, he hasn't been the Kneale we know. And like I said earlier, GWS have a lot to play for, so they're all going gun ho. Um, we, I, you know, we've said it before. The runners, the in this condensed fixture, guys like Whitfield, they just got the legs to to get them through another 15 k's in a game to. Um, to, to do their role so I'd be looking at Whitfield as a captain and you know that many of us own him
0: yeah for me Cornelia might have struggled with the shorter game time we know he likes to get around the ground for those plus sixes in a full length game so he might be one of those plays negatively impacted from the shorter game okay on to the Hawks they finish off with the Bulldogs and Suns to finish the season Will Day has been solid across halfback if you still got him at D6 it's not a bad hold Tom Mitchell is still in there, and Chad Wingard has seen a bit of a spike in centre bounces. With James Warple now injured and Omira has been out with an injury as well, so Wingard might be one there for the forward launchup. Yeah, definitely. I think um, you know with Simpkin's injury, it looks likely. Um, you know, you look to value, and, and Wingard's the pick out of those three for sure. Okay, on to Melbourne, they finish off with GWS and Essendon, which will be interesting in round 18. Okay, Max scorn might be one of those ones, especially to trade in against Draper in that last game, and who knows, he gets Mumford and Jacobs next round as well in round 17. Clayton Alvo has a ceiling game, and Christian park tracker has been solid this season,
1: yeah, look, if you can bring in Gorn, I mean, <laughs> um, there's been no signs of that injury hindering him mm-hmm. at all. So Gorn is just, he's oh, one. although he's pricey, he's the one. It's as simple as that. Yeah, um, yeah I, I,
0: I think that speaks for itself. On to North Melbourne. They finish off the season with Fremantle on West Coast. Todd Goldstein has struggled for the last few weeks. So for me, if you've got him, I think it's time to move on. Jed is Andres- Jed Anderson has been solid in that midfield and Jai Simkin uh with the hit last week, you need to watch out for his selection. For me, Anderson's still an option there in that midfield, but for me Goldstein needs to be traded out. I would take that option right now. Yep.
1: Yep, agreed. I'd um if Goldie to gone, you know, ticking a lot of boxes there. Um if you can make get find the cash. So just, um if you can find the cash. Uh, and then Jed Anderson who knows what he's going to produce. He's got a high-ceiling game as well. So, look, that's a left field
0: and risky pick, but one that can't come off. On to Port Adelaide, the finish off with Essendon, which is, should be a decent game for scoring for Port Adelaide players this week, and Collingwood. Dan Houston in his backline role, and Travis Boken at midfield, along with Tom Rockleaf. Jep, who do you like?
1: Look, I, I think Rocky. I think Rocky's um, got a point to prove now, and... And, you know, he was emergency a few weeks back. So um, whether that was just a a strategic risk given his age, I I don't think it was. So Rocky's in form. He's got a point to prove and he wants to be part of success at Port Adelaide.
0: So I think Rocky's a pick there. I think he'll be a massive target from people this week. He's low owned in those top group of Um, top-ranked coaches, so I think he will be the target this week, and you might as well throw Boak in there as well, but Rocky will be the target for me. I I would expect a very much a spike in ownership. Um, I do like him as a target, and against Essendon, who who were very poor last week, Um, and Collingwood, who don't really tag, so there might be a couple of incoming ceiling games there for Rocky, and we know he has that genuine ceiling, so uh, for me it's Tom Rockliff right there. Okay, on to Richmond. They finish off with Geelong and Adelaide to finish their home and away season. Jaden Short and Basha Hawley across that back line and Dustin Martin is one to look at through that forward line in fantasy teams and especially for that final game that I'm targeting at round eighteen, Jeff, your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think it's round eighteen, so next week we um we look for those high high pick games and um Dusty's a one. Um they've got a solidified top four as well. So they're playing for a little bit. And this week against Geelong, it's a huge match.
0: Yeah, I think you mentioned there just a few minutes ago, really into round 17, it should be everyone quite competitive. But going into that final game of the season, you're going to have teams who are out of the finals, a race um, making a call on players, and also those who are positioned in the top four or the second part of the top four at the top eight. Um, you know, if those places can't be moved, that a decision might be made on their role and their position in the team for potential rest. So, But with the boy in there again this year, Jep, you wouldn't think that would be the case. Um, anyway, so we'll move on there. St Kilda, we've got uh, West Coast and GWS to finish the season. Royal Marshall is still being consistent for me. Zach Jones, not a Tier 1, but he is an option. And Jack Steele... Um, there's a potential he might look at Gaff. I'm not too sure this week, but he might be out there. Gaff's been copying a bit of a tag. And with the depleted midfield of the Eagles um, in the last few weeks, I suspect that they might, the Saints might want to target someone. But that might be Ross out on the wing as well. Uh, but yeah, for me, the Saints, Marshall is the one there for me, Jeff. Yeah, I think Seb Ross would actually go to Gaff if they're going to do
1: that. I don't. I think they prefer Steele on, on ball and at the clearances. But I think Marshall will struggle against Nick Nat and hit the physicality there, and he'll cop Barras when he goes forward or, or McGovern. So I wouldn't look to Marshall. Um, I think Zach Jones probably an outside choice, but Steele Steele's the one for me. Steele's going to um, you know, the the significance of this game for St Kilda and sure and in their their final spot for a long time. Yeah, they're all going to be zoned in and they know what's at stake. So I think Steele, one of the young leaders of that club, will be in for a big game.
0: Well, it's a potential there for Steele. Um, I think with the under-strength Eagles midfield that he might be able to hit a ceiling game. It just depends on his role. We know most of this season he has been see ball, get ball, rather than restrict opponents. So we'll see how he goes against yeah. the Eagles this week. OK, on the Swans. They finish off with Brisbane and Geelong to finish there. 2020 home and away season. Jake Lloyd, he's definitely target in that defensive part of the of the Grand Four fantasy coaches. Uh, Kennedy Parker mentioned last week or the week before in that podcast that Longmire is looking at different roles for them for the remainder of the season. That's slightly playing that out that way, although their midfield usage has been quite high. But for me, I'm fading on both of those. Lloyd is the target there for me, Chip. Yeah, absolutely. I think they, that tough run going home, I think Lloyd's the only one out of the three. Okay, on to West Coast. They have had their injuries I as I have mentioned, the finish with the Saints and the Kangaroos to finish off their season. Nick Natner, he did have that rest, so he should be good to go in those final two games. Tim Kelly might be an option there, and Andrew Gaff, Dizzy Copper Tag there, as we mentioned, against Sid Ross this week. And you know, but that's a potential in that final game of the season, but I'm not too sure how committed the Kangaroos will be committed to that cause in that final game of the season. Your thoughts, Jeff?
1: Well, yes, yeah, it's, it's interesting how they're going to structure up with so many outs in their midfield. So, you know, Kelly, um, and the one name you haven't mentioned is probably Sheed. I think Sheed scales up in, in his role and, and importance in the midfield. So, um, But, yeah, Nick knack should be coming fresh, and he's got a big role to play. Tim Kelly, we all know what's at stake with him and how he... It affects games in a positive way for West Coast and then Gaff as well. I don't think they changed too much with Gaff. He'll, you know, he'll have his centre-bounce attendances at times, but he's really the outside runner uh, for the whole match. Uh, so, look, for me, out of front going left field again, I think Dom Sheed would be one to look to uh, or Tim Kelly. I just think Tim Kelly gets a bit of attention now and, you know, held back at stoppages is probably his priority. He was really good last weekend, to be fair, in tight, um, clean hands, and the like. So I think, you know, Brett Ratton will look, see that
0: as an issue. Looking at Hamish Brayshaw to make his debut as well to finish off the season. Okay, onto the Western Bulldogs. They finish off with the Hawks this week, and then Fremantle chasing a final eight spot. Looking at Bonson Pelly, looking at McRae, looking at Hunter, and Dunkley finally got out of that ruck roll last week, and he here the ceiling game. If you're not going Rockley for both, uh potentially it is Dunkley through that understrength Hawthorne midfield this week. Jep, he is the target for me. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, look, they're all, they've got to kill it. So they're currently ninth on the ladder. They've got two a pretty decent run home in Hawks and Frio, two bottom eight sides. Um, but their percentage is a little bit down on the Giants and they can't be relying on other results. So I'm expecting a blitz, um, from the dogs now out of, out of those midfield. Players. I think, um, you know, Dunkley bobbed up for a few goals last week, which was handy, but his time forward was a concern. Um, Lockie Hunter just keeps on doing what he does on the outside and then McRae. McRae's a stud. Um, you know, if he kicks a couple of goals in a game or Bontempelli as well, they're in for massive, massive scores. So all three, you really, you couldn't go wrong. Probably Dunkley's a bit, you know, if his time forward is is increased, does it take away from his midfield and, and potential overall ceiling? Um, and then we know what Bont's going to produce as well, so just keep that in mind I think Dogs,
0: uh, dogs midfielders especially Lucky Hunter, low-owned is a target. And just for those listeners as well, the Hawks have given up the most disposals this season so that is one game to target this week as well. Okay, we're going to look at some ownership and that is going back to the end of round 15 The round 16 ownership numbers of pop up on my Twitter feed just after the final game of Round 16 or the next day at some stage. Okay, Jep, Defenders, top 25 ownership. Lloyd, 100%. Doherty, 92%. He was pretty flat uh, tonight. Laird, 76%. Stewart, 72%. So very high there. Chris, 48 Zach Williams, who was a out for Round 16. He was at 40% there. Brody Smith at 28%. Haynes, 24% and Ridley, and Hawley, 20%. Hawley's still there, Jeb. Zach Williams was an issue. Stuart is probably the one. And Doherty's still the high ownership. Those numbers just aren't there. Yeah, crazy. Um, I suppose you know there's
1: been problems elsewhere, and Doherty has held his spot. Um, but there, yeah, the Doherty and the um, Zach Williams are interesting percentages because some may have had the luxury to move Doherty, And Williams is obviously a forced trade, so interesting to see how it pans out. Probably expect the Hooley ownership to increase, as well as Chris from the back of his first
0: hunt. Okay, looking at the midfielders there. Mitchell 100%, Neil 96%, McCrae 76%, Gaff 64%, Adams 56%, Canelo 56%, Duncan 40%. Warple was at 36%, so he's a trade out. Angus Brayshaw was a... Out, he was at 32%, so that was a trade as well. All over 32%. Dangerfield, 28%. Toronto's the one there at 20%. 120% under-owned. McGrath injury, that was a trade out. Zorko just 12% in the midfield. He's got some forward line ownership there as well. Steel, 12%, Whitfield in the midfield in the forward line. Sorry, he is 12% in the midfield. Uh, just go down. Boak 8%, Rockley 4%. And Bontepello, four percent still. Pendlebury if you like, four per cent. And yeah, that's about it, Jep. Who are you thinking right there? So yeah, Bont's ownership goes up as does Rocky.
1: Um there's definitely there's no doubt about it. So they're the targets. Clear cut for those um flying for glory. Dunkley zero percent right there as well.
0: Okay, into the Rux, Grundy ninety two percent. O'Brien ownership lifted to fifty six percent, twenty eight percent for Goldstein still. Marshall 12%. Gorn 8% is the one. So nobody can get to him at the moment, Jep. And Draper 4%. That's all we got. Yeah. So you go for broke. Um, it's Gorn. you are gone all the way. So Goldie to Gorn, I think,
1: will be a popular trade. I think you
0: have to do it. OK, on to the forward line. Petrarca 96%. I'm just going to mention their forward line at this stage. Whitfield 88%. Andrew Brayslaw 84%. Bailey Smith 76%. Simkin. 60%, so you've got to watch out for that, where that ownership goes if he doesn't play in round 17. Greenwood 60%, Riccardi was 60%, Jeb. That's the one who failed tonight, and it's going to be interesting to see where his ownership on field ended up for round 16. Dustin Martin is low on 24%, Zorko said was 12% in the midfield, 24% in the forward line. And Wingard's four percent, so he goes into that midfield he's very low owned so that's one option there to look at to move on to that we know does have a ceiling and if he can get a plenty of a run through that midfield at hawthorne that he can hit some scores jep your thoughts
1: yeah look i um there's going to be movement Simkin and Riccardi, that's um they're pretty highly owned and um quite you know to combine for forty eight Fantasy Points is not doing anyone any favours. So, um, yeah, they're going to get moved on and there's going to be moving in that top 25 as a result.
0: Okay, Jepper, and I will return next week for episode 51, and it will be the final podcast, the dual podcast, for the 2020 Home and Away season. I will do a solo podcast just to, rake up, to wrap up some key data points to finish off the Home and Away season. That will probably be between... Round 18 and the first game of the final series, and then we'll return somewhere in the preseason to go through some uh, players for the 2021 season. Don't forget, episode 50 will drop tomorrow at some stage in the afternoon with Ryan Daniels. And, Yep, that's it for episode 49. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Thanks, guys.